on your radio, on your computer, or in your back pocket if you've got 2NURFM's app on your smartphone. This is 2NURFM and Thursday Finance, Barry Preston. With so much bad news around the moment, it's great that we have a company called Dysol, the Australian clean tech company developing cutting-edge clean energy generation, uh, generation solutions using third-generation solar power. And today we've gone right to the top. We've got the chairman of Dysol Limited, Richard, Richard Corwell. Richard. It's been a very, very exciting couple of weeks for Dysol. Can you give us an overview of what's happened? Uh, we noticed that Dysol's share price tripled on this, on this uh, exciting news. Uh, good afternoon, Barry. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, having been brought up on the shores of Lake Macquarie, I, I still oh, consider myself a local. and uh, Novacastrian. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, listen, it has been a very exciting time for us after a pretty tough time during 2012. Um, these announcements uh, we're making in the market now represent uh, what we consider to be a breakthrough in, uh, in all third-generation uh, photovoltaic technology. Uh, working with uh, solid-state materials as opposed to liquids is a leap forward for us. It's um, essentially they're cheaper, they're much more manageable for use in, uh, in large-scale manufacturing processes. And importantly, uh, very importantly, in fact, they help us overcome some of the uh, niggling technical problems that uh, we've been uh, trying to solve in recent years. When you're working with liquids, you, uh, you have some issues when you're working in harsh environments with things like thermal expansion and also some, uh, some corrosion issues. Essentially, what we're trying to do is keep the uh, oxygen and the, uh, and the water out of these cells and keep the contents in. And by working with solid-state materials, that becomes far, far um, more um, manageable. So what does this technical breakthrough mean for Dysol? Well, it's, it's, it's big because Dysol uh, has always uh, aimed for the stars. Dysol... Uh, had, since 2007 has been partnering with some of the world's biggest uh, building materials companies such as uh, Tata Steel in Europe, which is the old uh, British steel. We work with uh, Pilkington, one of the world's largest glass companies in the uh, United States. We work with uh, big industry in Korea. So we're, uh, we're really uh, fighting above our weight in some respects, but uh, we do see the opportunity for this uh, technology to uh, address the global market. And um, therein uh, in lies the opportunity for us to take our technology with the advantage of these uh, very large companies effectively chaperoning us into the uh, world building materials market, albeit with a solar solution. So uh, the materials that we seek to build and, uh, and, and to put on buildings in the form of cladding, roofing, windows, etc., just happen to have uh, an extra capability, the ability to uh, harvest the energy of the sun and to uh, turn it into electricity. Of course, uh, uh, producing electricity at the point of consumption is, uh, is, is, a, is a very clever way uh, uh, to go about it, we believe, and um, it's also very efficient. So uh, with uh, these breakthroughs, I think our major partners will have that additional confidence to move forward uh, to global commercialisation of their uh, building materials products. As you, as you would well understand, uh, it's, it's been a, a, a pretty tumultuous time in the solar industry recently and uh, 
these sorts of breakthroughs are important in terms of restoring some confidence for uh, long-term investment. With all these markets that you're talking about, that's glass and steel, you recently had a deal, I believe, a $4 million investment deal with Tasney. Now, how did that come about and what are the immediate implications of that investment for Dysol? Who is Tasney, by the way? Well, that's, that's a good question. Tasney's uh, a, a slightly left-field um, contributor on the face of it, but uh, it actually comes about because of uh, long-term friendships, um, that I have with uh, advisors out of London. It comes about because Tasney is actually one of the world's leaders in the uh, manufacture and uh, structuring of titania, which is a key ingredient in our photovoltaic cells. So Tasney um, is a Saudi company. It's the second largest industrial company on the Saudi Stock Exchange, but it has uh, businesses all around the world. It's number two globally to DuPont in titania. And... um, we're really pleased to be dealing with Tasnia because Tasnia actually has very deep pockets, unlike a lot of the uh, building materials companies in the world that are um, f- facing problems. You'll all understand that by having watched the fortunes of some of the large Australian uh, materials companies that uh, Tasnia is reasonably uh, unusual in that respect. It has a, <laughs> has a war chest of about $1.3 billion at the moment. Uh, rather than paying dividends, the history of... Uh, of growth in, in Saudi is to actually reinvest earnings into, uh, into the company for, for acquisitions and for further research and development. So they've got long-term plans to work with Dysol and uh, they've got the money, they've got the expertise in, Tasma, uh, in, in um, Titania and uh, Dysol has the expertise in building photovoltaic cells. So we make a very nice uh, coupling at the moment and um, you know, I've spent some time out in Saudi Arabia Tasney's already made investments in Australia. It's already bought some upstream um, mining companies uh, in Titania. So, uh, yeah, they're uh, they're a more familiar company than uh, than you you may uh, th- think firsthand. And this is Thursday Finance at eleven to one. Barry Preston. We're talking with the chairman of Dysol today, Richard. Caldwell, whom I believe is a local neighbour, Castrian. Now, with Dysol, with this new uh, breakthrough in Dysolar cells, the um, solar energy, as we call it, the solar energy stock, I noticed in one of your reports you said that the thing uh, that the item now is about eleven point three percent. What what does this mean, Richard? And how does this process of Dysolar cells work? Well, that's a uh, that's a long question, Barry. I'll try and simplify it. Um Simply uh, in relation to efficiencies, oils ain't oils. Um, <laughs> efficiencies in, in one technology uh, don't necessarily um, or can't be closely compared with efficiencies in other technologies because the efficiencies from the incumbent technology, notably uh, uh, silicon technology, are, are sort of ideal uh, efficiencies, meaning that that's the uh, energy conversion that happens at midday on a perfectly sunny day in the middle of the desert um, and, and those sorts of cells can generate up to 15 to 20% efficiency. However, that's not the, uh, the real world we live in. Um, 11.3% uh, efficiency for a disolar cell, for example, on a cloudy day like today here in Sydney where I'm sitting uh, would outperform a, a 15 or 20% silicon cell because uh, silicon performs very badly in those conditions. Our technology, um, unlike uh, first and second generation technologies, doesn't require direct sunlight. So we can, uh, we can work all day, every day, and that's why we're so appealing to uh, some of the companies that we're partnering with. So um, 
DSC is essentially uh, artificial photosynthesis. It's a uh, photochemical reaction, and it relies on the energy uh, from light rather than the photonic action of light. So it doesn't require direct sunlight on, on the face of the panels. All, all it requires is ambient energy or ambient light that comes from the difference between night and day. So Dysol's a very versatile technology and it's particularly uh, good for uh, the markets that we seek to target. So you don't have to have these big cells sitting up anywhere. You can put it on glass and on, on, on a on colour bond or something. Is this the idea? Oh, colour bond's exactly where we're uh, seeking to uh, integrate the technology and uh, it's, it's not uh, dependent on the angle of, 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 of the colour bond towards the sun. So uh, we can be on the sides of buildings, we can be on flat roofs, we can be on pitched roofs and essentially we produce the same uh, level of uh, energy conversion, whereas uh, silicon technology in particular requires uh, a very uh, close, uh, you know, perpendicular um, face to the uh, sun's light, and therefore, uh, you, you know, in the real world we live, in terms of retrofit in particular, a lot of uh, building roofs were never built for that purpose in mind. So... We're a much more versatile technology and, uh, as I say, we're um, not only suitable for retrofit opportunities, but we're also um, meant to be uh, integrated into new building materials for, the, uh, for new building opportunities. It's been pretty tough for Diasol when I've been reading about the stories of Diasol, but you believe Diasol's products are well positioned in the solar industry. And what is Diasol's first target market that will generate a good cash flow? I think it's been tough for all solar companies. There's obviously been issues with government policy, which has been rash and <laughs> hard to predict. Um, there's been a convergence of new technologies. Um, I liken it to what happened in the telecom industry in the year 2000, or around about that time anyway, where uh, there was an enormous proliferation of new technologies of investment, uh, of surplus, surplus capacity, which resulted in a, in a massive bout of indigestion, if you like, and um, this is very similar. This is uh, typical in uh, the development uh, cycle for any new and uh, exciting technology, and uh, we're now going through what we consider to be uh, a rationalisation process. The companies that survive will do very well because uh, the fundamentals are extremely attractive, and uh, it's a big and growing market. Um, so we're pretty pretty pleased to have survived all of that. Uh, the focus of the management of the board is very much during these sorts of times on risk management, not over committing, remaining dynamic and um, making sure that uh, we have sufficient cash in the bank to, uh, to feed our employees, which are, of course are our greatest asset. In terms of addressing markets, um, we'd like to bring the, proc uh, the products to Australia as soon as possible. Unfortunately, Australia is a relatively small market, so the uh, the lead, uh, the lead markets for our products are uh, respectively uh, steel in Europe, so uh, the colour bond type uh, products uh, that uh, our major partner Tata is able to uh, distribute and access. Um, so uh, the UK and Europe are ideal, ideal markets for our technology because uh, it's typically a cloudy day when I fly into London and uh, <laughs> our products uh, perform well in those conditions. We also have glass products being developed in Korea and North America. Again, in Northern America, uh, where we are at Toledo and Ohio and Canada, and also Northeast Asia, the, uh, the weather conditions are not dissimilar to Europe. So uh, they'll be the lead markets because uh, 
we need big markets to justify the uh, the large amounts of investment uh, that are required to take this technology global. We need to invest hundreds of millions of dollars in upscaling manufacture. Of course, that's not going to be Dysol money. That uh, That is intended to be the money of our, our major globalisation partners. We are the materials, materials provider, so we... Uh, We'll provide the materials, but not invest in the major manufacturing capex. So that's um, that makes for a good uh, a good coupling with these large companies uh, and a certain degree of uh, interdependency between us, which always makes a good relationship. Fantastic. Well, let's hope it's not too far away. How do you see the solar energy, the the solar industry, future growth? Obviously, I, I think solar is a cracker, and uh, it's easily uh, able to be. Uh, somewhat misled by um, some of the turmoil that's been experienced in the industry uh, recently. As I said, it's uh, been subjected to uh, massive, uh, to, to, to massive uh, uh, losses and uh, oversupply as everyone's leapt in to take, it, uh, take advantage of the obvious op- opportunity. So we do need some rationalisation, but uh, in terms of its ability uh, to deliver a sustainable, long-term, cheap uh, uh, product which will ultimately uh, seek to supplement or ultimately replace fossil fuels. Solar is widely regarded by the most clever analysts to be the best solution. So it has incredibly attractive uh, fundamentals. Uh, it also has high attendant risk, of course, for the reasons that I've just outlined. Yep. Governments, of course, could be far more constructive and far more consistent. We need tariffs that are... Uh, that are sustainable, we need them to come in in a managed way and we need them withdrawn in a managed way rather than the stop-start mm, management that we've seen in places like uh, New South Wales, for example, which has uh, caused very, very sporadic investment. Richard, on behalf of everyone at 2NURFM 103.7, thank you very much indeed and we say farewell to the Chairman of Dysol, Richard Caldwell. Thank you. Thanks, it's been my pleasure. Great. And that's just about it for Thursday Finance today, Barry Preston. We look forward to coming back next uh, Thursday after the midday news. We might adopt that stock and follow it because it sounds an exciting uh, investment, not investment, an exciting technology that could uh, revolutionise solar throughout the world. Let's.